deserve judgment. You've given us mercy when we should have been in hell. You woke us up this morning and started us on our way. We praise your holy and everlasting name. Now, God, meet us around your word. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Get the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Get the Lord a hand clap. Praise his name. I want to thank the Lord for all of you. Truly, God is an awesome, awesome God. Amen. And we have to have a stick-to-itiveness in spite of the ebbs and flows of life to hang in there. Turn to your neighbor and say, hang in there. Hang in there. Hang on. Hang on. Help is on the way. He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. We, we serve an on-time God. Don't we serve an on-time God? Can I get a witness? Psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And again, I say, wait. Praise his name. Now, this morning, we're going to challenge our fathers and hopefully include everybody in this mix. Praise the name of Jesus on this traditional day we call Father's Day. And let me, let, me, let me say what I said this morning, and it, and it got, it got kind of quiet. I'm going to say it again because in this church, we preach truth. We don't just preach grace. We preach truth, grace and truth. Isn't that right? Now, some of us have struggled in life because we got daddy issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, some of the things that you think is your husband's fault is not your husband's fault. Some of the things you think is your wife's fault is not your wife's fault. We got some issues with the daddy element. Yeah, I'll say it. I look at the clock and preach. And uh, if you're getting ready to get married, do a 411 before you do a 911. Learn something about your prospective mate's history. Say history. Because history is a revolving door until Jesus heals it. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And, 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 and as a father, I am the first man in my daughter's life. And as a father, I'm the first man in my son's life. He learns what manhood is from watching me. Do I have a witness? Y'all can get quiet, but I'm going to preach. 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 And uh, I know growing up, when I was growing up in South Philly, we wanted to go to the movie. I, uh, some of my friends, you know, my mother would give me a quarter, 30 cents, 35 cents. That was enough to get in and get some popcorn and hot dogs and all that. Uh, tell you how old I am, right? And uh, I remember some of my friends saying, listen, listen to this. Raymond, walk me down the bar so I can go on the side door to get money for my mother. 
who was on the bar stool drunk. Are y'all getting this? And we used to go down to the corner bar, and I was stand, I was stand at the side door, and he said, Ma, I want to go to movies, and she said, drink. And I just, as I got older, I said, I never had to do that. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? Thank God I never had to go to a bar to get movie money. Thank God I knew who my dad was. My God. Hmm. I want to talk about a father who finishes a fight. A father who finishes a fight. I'm, I'm going to be in a poetical book by position, but a patriarch called Job. Turn to Job chapter 1, Job. And if you don't know who Job is, get a job. <laughs> get a get a job, and yeah, in the name of Jesus, it's between Nehemiah. Come on now, y'all can help me out. And Psalms, Job chapter one, verse one and two. Just real quickly, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed the evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. That's all I need. He had ten children. And we're going to talk about this man extensively because, see, I believe that fathers are the key. In fact, the Bible says, listen to this, and mothers are important. We love the mothers. But the fathers are, this is in the book of Proverbs, fathers are the glory of the children. Fathers are the glory of the children. Father's Day is our day of applause and appreciation to all fathers for their commitment, compassion, and counsel to their families. A good father protects, provides, and promotes his family, his loved ones, as he assumes, listen to this, the spiritual position of headship. Now, let me stop, pause apart, because this morning I, I, I said this. Some of you ladies have to allow your husband to take the lead. Some of y'all just too bossy. Just, just, yeah, yeah, just too. And you, and, you, and you got daddy issues, so you just do it. No, no, you want to control, you control everything. Let's, 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 let's stop all this, stop all this. Stop. Just let him take the lead. Give the lead to him at least 10 minutes a day. At least, at, least, at least 10 minutes a day, give him the lead. That's it. Just give him the lead. And, and I can see the look on y'all faces. You don't know my husband. 
I said 10 minutes. If he can mess your house up in 10 minutes, you got problems. But, 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 but understand this, that, um, and, and I know, I've been pastoring 29 years, and I know that some of y'all sisters are a little rough. I, I can see it when I'm preaching. I'll crack a joke, and some of y'all sitting by your husband, you better not laugh at him. <laughs> yes, dear. He said, dear, you know. Um, just chill out. Lighten up. And um, speak things that be not as though they already were. You are the greatest husband in the world. You're a great leader. Take the lead. That ain't lying. That's just hoping that, you know. Something will follow. Praise the name of Jesus. It ain't going over too good at this service either. But look at this. Uh, a, go a godly father. <laughs> I, had, I had a young lady years ago approach me right out there. She said, I got a bone to pick with you. I said, you got three seconds to get out of my face. You must have you must, you, you three and I'm on two. I ain't your husband, bye. <laughs> but anyway, move right along, look at this. Um, a father's not only a headship, but he's also a healer. As he advises, admonishes, and administers a unique affection for his family. When you look at Proverbs 4, it talks about the law of the father. He instructs. He's instructing. In fact, the first seven chapters of Proverbs, my son, my son, my son, my son. The first seven chapters, my son, my son. It's a father who wrote the book of Proverbs, Solomon, instructing his son, Rehoboam. My son, my son, my son. Fathers should give a lot of instruction to their sons. And, and, and sometimes the son's not going to take the instruction. They're going to be prodigal. They got to go out there on their own. And circumstances got to beat them all up. And then they'll come back humble. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so, child of God, when you look at this matter of fatherhood, Abraham was a father that facilitated a man, a faith, leading his family in God's direction and deepening a dependence upon God. And then, and then, of course, in the book of Job, Job, on the other hand, was a patriarch, and I'm going to deal with that, who stood steadfast in, with a fortitude in the midst of a fiery trial. The word or the name Job means persecution. In the Arabic, the word Job means repentance. That, that when you look at this man, he was tested, he was tried, and he was transformed through trouble. And, and, and the interesting thing is that when it calls him a patriarch, patriarch, the word patriarch is from the paternal father of the faith, Abraham. He and Abraham existed the identically same time. Chapters 1 to 11 in Genesis is what we call the creation account. Chapters 12 and 50 of Genesis is the family. First family, first family, family of faith. Abraham is chapter, listen to this, chapter, chapter 12 to 24. And then his son Isaac 
chapter 25 to 27, and then his son Jacob, amen, chapter 28 to 34, uh, 35, and then Joseph is 37 to 50. So what you have is his, his whole prosperity coming out in the book of Genesis, and, and it was at this time that Job existed, same time as Abraham. He's from the city of Uz, which is northeast of Sea of Galilee and opposite Midian, where Moses was. And, 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 and when you look at the background of this man called Job, the interesting thing is, uh, Pastor Peterson, is that Job, nobody understood what was going on in Job's life. Because God and Satan was in heaven contesting one another, using Job as a pawn. Can I get a witness? So the Bible says, and the sons of God came before God. Stop. In the Old Testament, the sons of gods are angels. In the New Testament, they're saints. Did y'all get that? In, Lord have mercy. In chapter 6 of Genesis, when the sons of God looked on the women to cohabitate, they didn't marry them. They wanted to demonize the seed. Those sons of God were angels. And they kept not their first estate. And God locked them away in Tartarus, a place in hell. They will be released in the book of the Revelation chapter 9 as scorpions, but they're locked away. Because they decided to cohabitate with human beings, sons of God. Well, where do you get that from? Well, in chapter 38 of Job, it says, when the sons of God shouted at creation, meaning that angels were here before God said, let there be light. And when God was making the universe, the sons of God applauded, the sons of God applauded God for his magnificent wisdom. That's when Lucifer was the top angel who was supposed to reflect the praise and the glory to God of the angelic hosts. But sin was found in him. He decided he, decided he won some of the glory. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and so child of God, child of God, his God in heaven, the sons of God appeared before God, and the Bible says Satan came also among them. Now, 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 if you don't, I, I don't have time, I don't have time to deal with angelology, but this is what it means. God ordered all top-ranking angels in his presence. I remember the military, hey, hey, Eddie, shoot. All angels had to stand before God, and the Bible says, and Satan came also among them. And God looked at Satan and said, where are you going, Satan? In other words, Satan owes God an accountability. Where you going, Satan? I'm going to and fro in the earth, and I'm looking to upset a man's life. And God said, have you considered my servant, Job? For there's none like him. Now, 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 now let me stop, pause, and park, because a compliment by God can cause you conflict. Could it be you're under spiritual attack because God has spoken well about you to Satan? So Satan said, I tell you what, you think Job is all that in the bag of chips? Give me a shot at him. 
take that hedge that you have around him. Pull down that hedge and I'll make him curse you to your face. I'm preaching up in this place already. Is there, is there a certain hedge around you that if God pulls it down, you'll cuss at God? And the Bible, the Bible, and the Bible, and the Bible, and the Bible says that all of this, after Satan attacked him, and all of this, Satan did not, Job did not sin against God. Neither did he charge the Lord foolishly. Can I get a witness? And when Satan attacked him and took all of his goods, and when Satan attacked his children and killed his ten kids, killed them all, and his wife, who was an unbeliever, said, why don't you just curse him and die? Job started worshiping him. Job said, the Lord giveth, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord have mercy. What a man. Mm. So we had these four friends. Now listen, and these four friends represent society, the culture we live in, church folk. His friends had no idea what was going on in Job's life. Sometimes people speak too quickly. They don't have all the facts. Are y'all getting this? You got to be careful when you point at another person. God might just put you in their place and let you feel the fractures they're going through. Do I have a witness? So Eliphaz, the oldest, Eliphaz, his whole perspective was his personal experience. Eliphaz said, well, you know, I know God. I've never experienced this from God, so something must be wrong with you. And, and, and listen, there are church folk that want to judge you on their personal experience. The problem with your personal experience is you ain't never passed it. The problem with your personal experience is you, you have not felt the heat. I'm preaching already. You, you, you are not walking in another person's shoes. Can I get a witness? And you got to be careful when you're not walking another person's shoes, but you're making determinations and you're judging another person. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching up in this place. So Eliphaz did it on personal experience, and then Bildad, Bildad, uh, his whole perspective was on tradition. You got people that are more, more loyal to tradition than they are to Jesus. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Well, we've never done it this way. That, that was the problem with the church. Can I get a witness? Tradition, tradition. You break tradition, they ready to hang you up. Can I get a witness? And, and, and Zophar was just, dog, he was a dogmatist. He just, he was dogmatic about everything. And then Elihu, the youngest one, he spoke without knowledge because he was real young. So, 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 so one of the things that we, we need to understand is that when we look at this account of Job, uh, there's a prologue, chapters 1 and 2, and then there's an epilogue, chapter 42. We're going to get to that. But in the middle, chapter 3 to 42, uh, chapter 3 to 42, and then we're going to get to chapter 46. Chapter 3 to 42 is the middle of three cycles of these four so-called friends with their opinions. Isn't that deep? Not, oh, Pastor, I, I have no idea what you're going through. I'm praying for you. 
or Jim Blow or Joe, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm praying for you and your family. We, we don't say that. We, we, we try to speak authoritatively like we know why and, and we know what and we know when. Do I have a witness? And, and, so, and, so, and so it's here, it's here in this uh, prologue that we start to pull up some valuable information, Lord have mercy, about Job as a father. Now let me stop pausing part because, you know, Abraham was a good dad and uh, he paid tithes into Melchizedek and Melchizedek blessed the children that were still in his loins. Isn't that right? Isaac, Jacob, you know, Jacob's name was changed to Israel, Joseph, you know. Um, David, the psalmist, loved the Lord, was a man after God's own home, but David wasn't a good dad. He just wasn't a good dad. Praise the Lord. And um, Moses wasn't a good dad. Because if it weren't for his wife, God was going to kill Moses. Because he never circumcised Gershom, his son. Isn't that right? He was supposed to circumcise. That, that, that was a Jewish rite of circumcision, and he never did it. His wife said, uh, are you going to be all together as a bloody man? She did it with a knife. So he wasn't a good father. There aren't that many good fathers in the Bible. Not many. Job, I believe, is one. Let me, let me, let me try to fashion this as quickly as possible. In chapter 1, first, we, we see Job as a model of a great father. Model. Now, we don't have many models today. We don't, we don't have good models today. We really don't. I mean, there was a time, and I know, you know, some of y'all millennials don't want to hear about the 50s and 60s again, but there was a time when we had model people in our neighborhoods. Even the winos would tip their hats. Remember that? How many of y'all tipped y'all hats? <laughs> I couldn't catch them. I couldn't catch them. And anyway, um, there, there, we had a sense of community. There, there were some model people that we knew growing up. People of integrity. People of character, people of respect, and 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 so, um, I was talking this morning about Dr. J. Dr. J. was one of the greatest basketball players I've ever played, but he was a gentleman until he fought Larry Bird. He was a gentleman, good gentleman, great gentleman, and there were others. They models. They modeled attitudes to other people. Great models. Now, by God complimenting Job, he brought conflict into his lives. Now stop. With kids, more is caught than taught. You can do all the teaching you want. They see certain things. Don't they see it? Don't get quiet now. They see certain things. They, they, they know if you care. They know if you're compassionate. They know if you're credible. They know if you have character. They know if you comfort. They, they, they more is caught than taught. 
And, and the Bible tells us, now watch this, watch this. Verse 1, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect. Now, now, now stop. Nobody's perfect. Well, what does that word perfect mean? New Testament teleos, it means to, amen, to be mature, but that's, that's not what it means here. He was perfect. The word perfect here means he was blameless. Let me deal with that. Let me tell you how deep God is in my study life. I've preached from Job numerous times in 29 years, and, and so I know a lot of the historicity, but when I got to this word of perfect and blameless, I sat there and said, ah, I really can't put this together. I knew it didn't mean he was perfect as Jesus was. And so I went on and said, Lord, where would you like to speak to me today for my devotion? And God said, turn to Psalm 19. And when I got to Psalm 19, please don't turn. When I got to Psalm 19 and got to around verse 14, God says, through, through the psalmist David, David was saying to God, Lord, expose my secret sins. Me, meaning we all got secret sins. I, I know you don't, but we do. We got secret sins. We got, you got a costume at night. You put it on. You come out. Don't nobody know you. We got secret sins. Don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff. I remember I went to the convention one year, and, you know, being a vice president, they call you up front, da -da, and we got up there, and they were taking up an offering, so they said, all right, we want everybody up front to give, like, $150. So some ministers said, I ain't got no money, man. They said, well, if you're going to sit in the chief seat, you got to give a chief offering. <laughs> you want a voice, you got to pay. Can I get a witness? Isn't that right, Green? All right, so church for the name of Jesus. So, you know, or don't sit up there. <laughs> Stay in the back where you can throw a penny in them, you know. So, so, so my point is, what is my point? Look at this. The word perfect means blameless. It means, Lord, expose and deal with my secret sins and then don't let me live, listen to this, with a presumptuous sin where I begin to pres presume things on other people. Now listen to the psalmist. When he confessed those two things, he said, then, Lord, I will be blameless. And guess what the next verse is? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. See, 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 we run around quoting these verses, but we don't put it all together. Have you dealt with your secret sins? Have you dealt with your presumptuous sins? And then when God has dealt with that, then you can say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So check it out. Check it out. He was perfect and upright. Your children is not going to see perfection. 
but they need to see blamelessness. Mm-hmm. I, that, that, that is, child of God, when you, when you make a flaw, when you make a mistake, be honest. Too many dishonest parents. Be honest. I blew that. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. It's teaching them to take an accountability. Are y'all getting this? So if you think you don't owe nobody no explanation, why should they owe anybody an explanation? You know, growing up, I, I became a little confused at an early age because, you know, we were taught to go to Sunday school, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal. We were taught all that. Then I get home and somebody ring the bell, the bill collector, I ain't home. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put all that together, Doc. I couldn't. <laughs> love you, Mom. Look, look. That one's tight, isn't it? If you're going to be a model, fathers, model righteousness before your children, blamelessness. Model respect to your children's mother. Oh, Lord, here we go. That's their mother. That's not your other. That's their mother. <laughs> Model of reliance on God. Model of being a refuser. Look, it says uh, he, he, he feared God and eschewed evil. Now, now, now look, there's a difference between weakness and wickedness. Weakness is you just weak and you fell. Wickedness is you planned this thing out and you're going to carry it through. Do I have a witness? In the Old Testament, there was no sacrifice for premeditated sin. Did you know that? That's why God came down on David. David planned that thing out with Bathsheba. How many of y'all know the story of Bathsheba, Psalm 51, when David was walking, the, he was walking on the balcony late at night as king? First of all, he shouldn't have been there. He should have been on the battlefield with Joab and them. But, hey, hey man, he, and, and listen, when, when, when you and I are not in the right place, Satan will meet us there. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says he looked over the balcony and saw this beautiful woman bathing. Called the soldiers and said, who is that? That's Bathsheba, son of your wife of Uriah. He said, get her for me. Hmm. My God. Bathsheba came. They had sex. And then David did something wicked. He said, you know what? I got to get out of this, so let me plan his death. Put him on the front of the battlefield so he can get killed. Now, now, wait a minute. He called for Uriah. Here come Uriah, a faithful warrior. He comes home. He says, yes, my king. He said, go on into your wife 
and spend time with her and make love. He said, my king, I can't do that. The other men are on a battlefield. I need to be. He was more righteous than David. Isn't that right? They put him on the front line. He got killed. And then David started telling her, uh, uh, somebody came in and told David it, it was the prophet. He came in and said, a man had one ewe lamb. One ewe lamb. And this other man could have had any lamb in the kingdom. I, I really don't understand what that means. I'll find out for one day. But, but he took the man's ewe lamb. So David got upset. He said, who is it? So we can kill him. He said, thou art the man, David. Make sure when you point the finger, it ain't pointing back at you. And here's what God said through the prophet. Not only did you lie, you committed murder, you committed treason, da-da-da-da. He said, now David, and the prophet, and I'm not preaching on Psalm 51, but the prophet said, the prophet said, David, the Lord hath put away your sin. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know why? Because Jesus, uh, 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 be, listen, because Jesus is in your heritage. Can I get a witness? Because Jesus is the son of God. Because Jesus is the son of David. God is not going to kill you, but here's what you got to pay. The sword will never leave your house. Didn't he say that? Oh, but this thing is tight. Your son gonna rape your daughter. Your son gonna kill the other son. It's gonna be, and then you got one son that's going to round up people and betray you and try to get the throne from you. Do I have a witness? Uh, uh, child, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God. So when David got humbled, he said, created me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. That a model has got to live in decency, dedication, discernment. Models don't have to speak. They are seen. Models don't have to demand. They are defined. Models are demonstrators. They demonstrate something. They don't need a bunch of discussions. We need models. We need models. If I'm the first man in my daughter's life, some of what she caught from me is going to have something to do with her psyche when it comes to a man. Are y'all are getting this? Daddy, daddy got up every morning and went to work. I think I better look for a man who works. <laughs> that daddy's in church every Sunday. I, I think I better look for a man in church. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. And 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 the same with sons. The same with sons. The same with sons. The same with sons. That we 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 are models, models, models. We don't always model the right thing. We don't always do the right thing. My father took all us of Point Prees in South Philly. This is like, I, I, I don't know, this 59, 60s, I was a little boy, 60, something, I don't know, to get sneakers. 
And I'll never forget this. I can't, we were sitting there trying Snickers on all of us. And this real pretty lady, she was pretty, man. She said, can I help you, sir? He said, yeah, I want to buy Snickers for my sons. And we trying on Snickers, and I was looking at the woman. I was smiling. She had pretty long hair. She was, she was fine, though. So when I got back home, my mother said, uh, did y'all get the Snickers? I said, yeah, daddy was talking to a pretty lady. <laughs> He tried to knock my head off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Won't children tell it all? Oh, they'll tell it. They'll tell it. So we got to learn. <laughs> we got to learn how to model being a great father. Blameless. Not perfect, blameless. Please don't miss that. Dealing with secret and presumptuous sins that are in our lives. Mm. But, but, but secondly, we see Job as not only a model, but a minister. As a great father. Look at verses 4 and 5, chapter 1. And his sons went and feasted in their houses. Now, how many children do he have? Ten. Everyone his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job said, and what? Now, stop. Please get this picture. The sons and daughters are at a party. They're partying, they're drinking. And one of the truly tremendous titles in Scripture is that a father is not only the head, but the priest, Ephesians 5. A father gives spiritual guidance for the family, headship for the family. And in Ephesians 5, uh, amen, in the, in the context of marriage, there's a propagation of purity. There's an illustration of commitment. There's a demonstration of service. There's a security of consummation. And there's a protection device. Listen, he tells the husbands, sanctify and cleanse your wife. As Christ cleansed the church. Now, let me throw the Greek at you. Because it's talking about the washing of the water of the word. And he says, a glorious church that he will present to himself, listen to pastor, without spot. The word spot in the Greek deals with outward impurities and without wrinkle, inward impurities. That when you look at this matter of ministry, to a family, fathers, your job, amen, as a minister is first of all, amen, he prayed when he thought they were in a party. I'm, I'm, I'm pausing. I'm on my knees day and night for my children. When they skipping and, and, and slipping and sliding, peeping and hiding, I'm on my knees praying. You know why? Because somebody prayed for me. When I was out there cutting the fool. Come on now. 
drinking, partying, getting high, running the streets. Are y'all getting this? Lord have mercy. Somebody was praying for me. Somebody said somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. And I'm so glad they prayed. If anybody should have been dead, it should have been me. If anybody should have had AIDS, it should have been me. If any, I'm preaching up in this place. If anybody should have been strung out, it should have been me. But God, who's rich in mercy. There was a party. There was a priestly function. There was the possibility of sin. And look what it says right there, right there in the text. They went in the houses, verse 4, he sent and called for the sisters, and it was so when the days of feasting were gone about, he sent and sanctified them. He rose up in the morning with a burnt offering according to the number of them all, and Job said, here's what a good father says, it may be that my sons have sinned. Is that in the Bible? You can't wait for something to happen to start praying. You got to start praying before something happens. Can I get a witness? You got to pray as if something might happen. Do I have a witness? You ought to be praying right now for your son and daughter's husband and wife. Lord, I know at that age they get a little simple. Come on, Lord, I know looks mean something and money means something, but Lord, you choose them. You ought to be praying right now. Can I get a witness? Thank God for Sister Gordon for Queen. But when I got out of the military, I bought this girl from West Philly in my house, boy, she boom, boom, boom. My mother said, where are you going with that? She met all my requirements. But mom had something to say. Because mom could see through that thing. Can I get a witness? And if I had married her, she wouldn't be dressed in white. She'd be on the front row. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> she, she wouldn't be at core. She said, I'll see you when you get home, baby. <laughs> Somebody know what I'm talking about. See, see, see what we was gravitating to? Don't look at me funny. Y'all was the same way. We gravitated to a bunch of mess. You ain't want no church man. You ain't want no church girl. That was corny. I, I, I would, look, I, I always gravitated to fast women. I love fast women. When you see me, you see a fast woman. Something about fast women that excited me. And I got rid of them fast too. Because you couldn't trust them. Can I get a witness? Come on now, y'all know what I'm talking about. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? If they did it with you, they did it with somebody. No, don't, don't, don't mess this thing up. Here's how you know you got the wrong one. You go in the restaurant and it's crowded and the woman you would be going like this is somebody you don't even know. <laughs> oh Lord, 
It's tight. It's tight, but it's right. And, and listen, what is it about the onions and leeks and melons of Egypt that we miss? Oh, they're getting quiet, Lord. Don't sometimes we miss that stuff? Ain't nobody say amen. No, sometimes you miss that fleshly stuff, that flair, that fine-looking one. Don't, don't you miss that sometimes? Ain't nobody saying amen? Brother, Brother Arnold, stand up. Sister Arnold ain't here. Say amen, say amen, say amen, say amen. Say amen, say amen, boy. Now, 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 for those of you that are visiting us, when you go home, read Proverbs 7. Pastor, they making this up. They said, a simpleton, talking about a young man without discretion, was walking the streets late at night and saw a woman dressed like a harlot standing on the corner. And she changed her voice. She said, hi. What are you doing tonight? Come, come with me. I have silk sheets on the bed. I have alas. I have perfumes. Now here, now here's the deep one. And the good man is not at home. <laughs> right there, Proverbs seven. And the Bible says she went with him like an ox going to a slaughter. Jesus, I know all y'all going to read the book of Proverbs now. But check it out. Whoever you hook up with ought to be leading you further into the glory and righteousness of Jesus Christ than anything else. Do I have a witness? All right. Coming in for landing now. He he was <laughs> he he was a model, he was a minister, but finally he was a motivator. And the epilogue, the ending, is truly awesome. So at the end. Job can't take it no more. So Job starts even thinking that maybe God has shortchanged him. And sometimes we feel the same way. Do I have a witness? Sometimes all this hell we go through, we sit there and say, why me, why this, why now? Can I get a witness? But God showed up with Job and said, who is this? with dark counsel that would dare judge me. Boy, gird up the loins of your mind. Where were you when I threw the Milky Way into the sky? Where, where, where were you when I had the sun and the moon take shifts? Where were you when I let all the rivers flow into the ocean and the ocean can only go so far? Where were you when I put weights in the earth to balance the earth on its axis? Where were you? 
And when God starts with you, Doc, when God starts asking a real account about where were you, Job understood that he had now saw God. Do I have a witness? See, the problem in the church, we don't see God. Because when you see God, you see yourself. Can I get a witness? And Job said, I abhor myself in sackcloth and ashes. When you see God, you see yourself. Do I have a witness? And Job's testimony in the epilogue is, I had heard about him with the hearing of my ear. But now in all this hell I done been through, I've seen him. You know when you see God, when you can't help yourself, but he helps you. When he pulls you out of the miry clay and sets your feet on a rock to stay. You know when God is in your life, when God demands demons to get away from you. When God opens up circumstances for you, when God gives you joy in the midst of your joke, then you know God is somewhere in the vicinity. Can I get a witness? Somebody said he's able. Is he able? He's able to do far exceedingly abundantly above. He's able to snatch you out of hell. He's able to put you on the street called straight. He's able to heal your wounds. He's able to fix your fractures. See him. What a mighty God we serve. He's able. He's able. Isn't he able? Thank God that he's able. Thank God he has not dealt with me according to my sins, nor has he rewarded me according to my iniquities. But the Lord has been good. Any good? The Lord is good, and he's a stronghold in the time of trouble. And he knows them that trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. A real father finishes the fight. A real father is faithful to his family. A real father shows fortitude in the midst of his fractures. A real father forges ahead to win the battle. Can I get a witness? That's why James says, you've heard the perseverance of Job. Can I get a witness? And you've seen the end of that man's life that God has blessed him. Can I get a witness? Those of you that are going through, hold on and hold out. Help is on the way. God is so deep. He established your deliverance. Before he called for the difficulty, you didn't get that one. You only can see the difficulty. But God called your deliverance before the difficulty came. And God knows you coming out of this. You're coming out with a shout. You're coming out with the victory. You're coming out dancing. You're coming out waving. You're coming out praising. He's waving. Anyway!
think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. For saving me. Fathers, fight to the finish. Fathers, be a model to your children. Be a minister to your family. And be a motivator of them that stop. God has given you the wherewithal. Thank you, Jesus. I had a model in my dad. Thank you, Jesus. Come heaven or hell, I ain't stopping for nothing. I've seen too much. I know too much. Can I get a witness? I'm going all the way to glory. Can I get a witness? And we know that all things are working together for the good. Say it. Of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you need to back up the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standing against him. You will have the witness. You got to look to Jesus and say, this is your fight. This is your fight. You promised you would defeat him. You promised I would come forth. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Stand on your feet. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. He died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. He's God's only begotten son. He's the son of God and God the son. You can receive him as simple as ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that he died for your sins and was buried and rose again the third day and confess him as Lord. If you want to be saved this morning, raise your hand. Is there one? You can be saved. You can be saved. Or perhaps you want to join the church for Christian experience. We'd love to have you. Is there one? Father, we pray that you would bless all fathers with a fortitude, a fight and a finish to be a model. It's never too late to learn how to be a model, to be a minister for their families, to pray, to seek your face, to give counsel, and to be a motivator. When everybody else in the family has lost hope, let the Father stand up and say, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We thank you for the victory in Jesus' name. Now bless all fathers this morning with a new energy, a new enlightenment, a new enablement in Jesus' name. Forgive us of our sins and prepare our hearts for communion. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated transition. If you're not saved, do not partake. You'll be eating and drinking more damnation to your soul. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, listen, listen up. Shh. No, we're not looking for the baskets. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, the word betrayed spells conflict. This was the night that conflict and communion had to kiss. 
on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and broke it, said, take eat, this is my body, symbolic, that has been given to you, for you. And he took the wine on a third passing, which is the Eucharist, which is the communion. He says, this is representative of my blood in the New Testament. As often as you do this, often means continually. As often as you do this, you show remembrance of me, and here's the third C, till I come back. He's coming back. Can I get a witness? So as we partake of this symbolic, these two symbolic elements, amen, of wafer and grape juice, which is symbolic of his body and his blood, we remember that in the midst of communion there's conflict. It's to be done continually, as often as you do this. And then finally, till I come back. Let's pass. Just take the uh, wafer out, please. Take the wafer out. The wafer is symbolic of his body. And as, don't put it in your mouth. Just hold it up. And this wafer symbolizes his death, burial, and resurrection. Just hold it, wafer up. And as we partake of the wafer, we are believing that he gave his body on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again. Let's all partake of the wafer. Amen. And then the grape juice, symbolic of his blood, without the shedding of blood, Hebrews 9.22, there's no remission of sins. Think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Stay on your feet, dispose of properly. Turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor. neighbor. A, godly A godly father needs to be a model.